what I have. Anytime I eat ice cream, sour cream. I can't tell you the last time I had ice cream. You haven't had milk in a long time? No, I drink almond milk. I drink almond milk. And I did me a turmeric latte. And man, it was just like, oh, it's so good. What is a turmeric? You know, it's it's like some cow farmers of America. Well, first of all, there's another R in there. It's turmeric. Turmeric. But okay, nobody it? pronounces it nobody. that way. Have you heard that? I know. I mean, people that should know wow. better, they always say turmeric. Turmeric. I know. It might be silent. Cardamom. I put, I put cardamom in there. And raw honey. You put anything that tastes good? Oh, my goodness. It's so good. <laughs> it's like a chai. A little bit of black pepper. It tastes very chai-ish. But you get, you're supposed to use black pepper with your turmeric. <laughs> with to, your make turmeric. It, to make it work together. We're going to be Do thinking about that coupon? word every time we say it. I say coupon. Coupon? No, it's a good <laughs> but anyway, it's for inflammation. I told you when I was taking those capsules, it's really good. So now I'm going to start doing a turmeric, you can call it whatever. Like it's called golden milk. That's what that she before. put on her sandwich today. Her little, her little slider type things. Great poupon. Great poupon. Great poupon. Oh, she okay. got some great poupon. Wow. The real thing. All right. Well. Welcome to Church Talks. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I've been on my podcast. I took uh, I took a little hiatus and we're back. It is the beginning of January, beginning of 2021. We made it through 2020. If you're still Woo-hoo. here, God bless you. Uh, so we are starting off this new year and this new season of the podcast with some very special guests that happen to be uh, very special to me. If it were not for them, I would not be alive. <laughs> Literally. So my parents are in the room. Actually, I'm in their living room. That's right. Which was my living room we for the first, first. Uh, yeah, 20-some years of my life. Maybe 20, 21. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and then we'll get going with this conversation. I am Ken, otherwise known as Catherine's dad, uh which turned into Pops sometime a few years ago. Sure I don't did. know. Uh, Pop Pop, uh, the title I prefer right now. But uh, <laughs> I didn't give you that. No, you didn't. That came from Alaska. She's uh, the product of my favorite daughter right now since she's given me my only grandbaby. We have got Wow. I've never said that. I don't like it. <laughs> but I have said that. I've saved you more money. I don't like it. Well, that, that is I true. I didn't give I... you a grandchild, but I've saved you more money. That, uh, that's probably true. <laughs> okay. Well. That's me. Okay. Good to be here. In my own living room. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm I'll make Tammy, myself at home. And I'm Hello, Tammy. Hello. Mom. And I don't feel that way. <laughs> Thank you. At all. Um, and, and I am Mimi. I was supposed to be Grammy, and all she could say is me, and so now I am Mimi, unless that changes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't Sometimes. foresee it changing for a while. I think it's kind of like, like it's it, kind of stuck. I like yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm Tiff. Tiff. She <laughs> I don't think she can quite get the K <laughs> in my name, but that's fine. And and then my name was originally going to be I mean obviously I'm Catherine, but it became Kiffrin. So it's hard yes. for kids to say names sometimes. So I get that. Well, cool. Well, thanks for being on the show, guys. <laughs> are y'all are y'all happy to be my parents? Yes. I thought she was going to say, are we happy to be here? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, and you have to think about it more? We are, we're happy to be your parents. We, we've been happy uh, on that for like three decades now. Wow. It has been. It has been three decades. Yeah. It's, we're just over that now. So what's, the, what's your 
favorite thing about being my parent? Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, we've certainly never been on any other per- person's podcast. Wait a minute. Maybe I was. I, I was on an insurance. I was going to say you were on an podcast. insurance podcast. Whatever. I was, but anyway, this is the first uh, personal type podcast, and uh, hey, there's there's many highs <laughs> to being the parents of Kifrin Kif, Catherine Elizabeth Church, the host of Church Talks. The host of Church Talks. That would be me. And thanks for giving me my last name. Which hey, is where the name of the podcast comes from. What's your favorite thing about being a mom, Mama? Um, well, I love you being um, so outgoing. Sometimes it makes me nervous, but I love that about you, that you just love life, and you just try to make the best out of any kind of situation. You, you're not typically negative about anything. Um, but anyway, typically. you brought us... Sometimes I am the... I just don't want to tell people that. Yeah. Just in my head. But you've brought us many joys since um, you were born. Oh, we brought you home. and Come on, group hug. Group I know, hug. group hug. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, I, w- I, wish that, I wish you guys as listeners could see how we're having to, to set up uh, this right now. I'm having to move the recliner to get in close to the couch so that we're not too far away from the microphone. So, um, y'all... Pretty much spent your first, uh, how many years would that be? Seven years or so without me. Right. You were married. (laughs) Um, How was that? How was your first seven years of marriage, childless and without Kiff? Well, without Kiff, but... But not childless. I did. I did have a child from a previous marriage. We were Kiffless. We were (laughs) Kiffless. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, I had a child, had a son, very early in age. Should mm-hmm. I say how old I was? That's totally. Oh, I think you got totally. to now. We're 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 probably going to get there anyway, okay. so you might as well just go there now. I was fifteen when I had him, and his name. That's half my age. Yeah. His name was Josh. Joshua Eric Turner. Which means, by the way, when your mom was your age. She had been a mother as long as she had been a non-mother. I know. Think about that. I, my, I, I hurt. <laughs> Which means at this stage of our life, I mean, she's been a mother for like 75% of her years on planet and Earth. And I, I do think sometimes that's why I am so tired and exhausted. I know I'm jumping probably to some questions, <laughs> but I've thought about it before. Because you, I have been a you caregiver. You grew up so fast. Yes. I've been a caregiver for so much of my life, and and it yeah, it's tiring. It's tiring. Well, I mean, at at fifteen, you you had Josh, and then you got married after the fact, and it was I someone. Got, I got married before I had him, though. Okay. The day I turned birthday. fifteen. Yeah, and he was in the military, first. and so you moved. He went in the military. States after. away. Yes, we moved to Georgia when you were only like sixteen. Yeah, about 16 and a half. Moved away from my family. Wow. Yeah, it was a wow. Yeah. Big wow. And then you came back to little old Rockingham County. And from what I from what I know, y'all knew each other as children. Yes. Oh, we, like, cut, we cut an album together. Like elementary children. No, that was... 
Or actually, maybe yeah. that was after. We were about four. 13 years old. We were about old. 13 or 14. Yeah. When Literally we were... an album, like a vinyl. Yes. Part of the, oh yeah, vinyl. 33 LP, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know, y'all were in a youth choir the together. Stoneville Pentecostal Hole in this Church Youth Choir. Yes. We would get, about 50 of us kids would get put on buses and caravans of cars and hauled all over Western North Carolina and Virginia almost seemed like every weekend. It was probably only one or two weekends a month. Mm-hmm. But uh, Doyle and Cheryl Marley, uh, good, terrific friends of ours and who were our pastors at that time, you know, um, they were very promoting of the youth choir and uh, we had quite a, quite a following. There'd be a lot of parents that would go with us on these trips. We would stay weekends and overnights in people's homes you know, you try to think about the logistics of having 50 kids separated into different people's homes when we went to these churches that were more than just a couple of hours drive or something like that. So, mm-hmm. And then ended up going to, uh, I think it was Greenville, South Carolina, South Greenville, Carolina. South Carolina, Mark 5 Studios, I believe was the name <laughs> of the place. And uh, you remember this? I, yeah. Wow. My sister Shana played, your aunt uh, played yeah. the, the piano uh, for the group. And so, uh, and I don't think I've ever heard her play the piano. Wow. She Isn't doesn't do it much anymore. Wow. And Tammy's brother-in-law, Earl Coleman, was playing the drums at the time. So we had a, a lot of our friends and uh, that we still know and love. And, of course, many we don't have any contact with anymore. But when you got 50 kids that are all uh, within a few years of our know. age, we've stayed in touch with quite a few of them. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks to technology and Facebook now. Yeah. <laughs> Without yeah. that, you probably wouldn't you know, know what half of them is like. So, yeah, so you knew each other as early as teenager and probably before or then. 10, probably around 9 or Went 10. to school together, and I don't think Tammy would disagree with this. You know, when she made that decision to uh, kind of uh, escape from her home life uh, by getting married on her 15th birthday, and her parents obviously had to sign for that and all of that, but uh, I was pretty much a straight-laced <laughs> church boy in the house of God every time the lights crazy. were on, and... Uh, and Tammy was, I think she was just kind of ready to distance herself, sow a few wild oats, whatever her phrase might be. And uh, so we lost contact with each other for a few years. But then when she came back yeah. into North Carolina and um, did not want the, the lifestyle uh, that uh, was there, I guess, in Georgia and other places, uh, found the Lord again, got back in church. And, um, and then one day, fate... At Western Steer also known as God. The happy place. Yeah. I was working I at the every, Eden. Like every connection that you have from like before I was born, it happened at Western Steer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was working yeah. at the Eden News, and I went over for lunch one day and had lunch at Western Steer. Of course, I knew she was a, a waitress there. So it was kind of a planned you know, coincidence that we just, you know, mm-hmm. she happened to be my server that day. And then, of course, she will deny this because she will tell you that it was an accident. Mm-hmm. But she intentionally spilled sour cream in my lap that day. To was break it like the in a bowl? No, it was in it one of these plastic little plastic containers, containers yeah. that, you know. Was it open? Yeah. Oh, of course Why it was open. Why did you open it? Well, no, it, it's open. It, it comes on your plate, but he because asked it for it. it comes out so easier that it, way. Have you ever, like, <laughs> it had, like, some margarine on the outside. It was a little, oh a little bit greasy Y'all's on the outside. Y'all's out of this world. No, seriously. And I just, <laughs> when I went to put it down, it just slipped out of my hand. So, it was real. he says it was intentional. Complete it really was not. accident. We, I was we, sure. We lived that, that episode quite and a so few then, times. And so then, what, you, you grabbed it out of his lap? Or no. <laughs> no. 
Yes. Yeah, wow. I did. I had to drive back to Stoneville at that time. I was living, mm. you know, ten miles away and I drove back to Stoneville and changed pants before I went back to the, the news office. Wow. And then a couple what a story. Of, yeah, a couple of days later, uh I don't know. I he think thought he would come back in again. I know. These were before the days of text messaging and no social media, I actually no got cell invited. phones. I got invited by her sister for me to attend her graduation of high school. She earned her high school diploma at uh, Rockingham Community College. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of a third wheel because she was seeing somebody at the time. Um, but her sister invited me, oh, you should come see Tammy graduate. <laughs> and so I couldn't pass that up. Of course, my mistake was going to her apartment after that for the party, and I should never have done that. Oh. That was definitely a fifth one. <laughs> so, this yeah. is okay. I've, I've heard everything about the story except for that part. And that was awkward. That I was bet. that was very awkward. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then you know, it it probably stayed awkward for <laughs> a little while after well, that. Well, I know but, that, that at some point it got to be where you were playing softball. Oh, yeah. at yeah. one time there, I was. I and played, you invited uh, her to come watch yes. you play softball. I played 125 games of softball the, my senior year at Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started in February. It was flurry and snow in the beginning of intramural season. And then I played in a spring and summer league. And then I played in a fall league up until the last or first weekend of November. And it was flurry in, in November. So I played 125 games of softball that year. And I invited her to come watch me play. We started off as friends. And so, literally, she came to several of my this games. This was for UNC? No, no, no. no. I was at, no. in school. And then, of course, during the... I was like, I thought it was like church league. No, no, no. Church league Neither? didn't come until much later. So, you had already graduated from Chapel Hill. I graduated that spring. And then was playing like rec league? Spring of 83, playing rec league. Okay. That's right. Okay. Intramural was at Carolina. And then graduated in May. And then played that summer and that fall. And um, and she came and was just a cheerleader on the sidelines oh, and I we had a modified fast pitch league. I was a pitcher and uh, I was I was good as a slow pitch pitcher, but I was incredible as a modified <laughs> fast pitch pitcher. And I mean when I was striking right. when I was striking out he, he was the uh, the Howard's furniture guys who were the world champions at that time. And I was having them grunt because they couldn't hit my, my curveball and my knuckleball. I just hate that I wasn't allowed to, uh, to see was, that. Because I only saw you in your like old man days when you were playing church league softball. Yeah. Little you were a little, little washed up. Uh, I was, slower. yeah. Slower. Little, little slower but I was then. a great, like, I mean, I was in the dugout and stuff. I mean, I feel like that I had, I even had a, I feel like I had a jersey. Yeah, you did. It was, it was great. You, you brought Webster the Duck to watch us play Webster a couple the Duck. of times. I sure yeah. did. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I'm sure mom's perspective of, of uh, your softball skills may be a little bit different, but... Oh, she... I mean, he was good. He really was. All right, so mom, what she is knows. it What is it that drew you to him that was completely different than the lifestyle that you had been in prior? His character. His reputation. His... Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that's what I wanted at that point in my life because I had already lived the other kind of life and... I was ready to make changes because I was raised right. I mean, I was raised in church and to know God, and I knew right from wrong. And And so y'all started dating at, what, 20, 21? 22? 22? 20. And then got married. 21 and turned 22 and then dated for about a year and, um, and got married the next fall. Yeah. And so I know that we touched on it, but 
so mom, you had Josh when you were 15. And so not only dad, were you marrying her, but you were welcoming a son. You were basically becoming a stepdad. Yeah, that was probably the hardest decision I had made in my life up until that time. Uh, I was uh, raised in a a very strict home and a very uh, rigid uh, Pentecostal home uh, where, of course, uh, second marriages were frowned upon, if Mm -hmm. not outright, you know, I mean, sinful and shameful. Mm -hmm. And so um, my dad... Bless his soul. I, I love him, and he eventually learned to accept Tammy, but he did not attend our wedding and never accepted really Josh as being part of our family. My mom, uh, who of course is 89 years old and still in terrific health, and uh, God bless my mom, she's a saint. Uh, she, uh, she would not only uh, be very accepting of Tammy, but also claim Josh as her own grandson. Mm-hmm. as she does all of her grandchildren and whether they're steps sure. or, or whatever. And so, um, uh, but I think my dad lived to regret that. He learned to love Tammy and uh, he never After really developed a relationship <laughs> with Josh. Was that did it, she was born? Did it take until oh, I, I was born? Oh, that's because you because were, you were like a church. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. And mom thought that was a curse. Uh, I really did. Well, yeah. You came out looking just like I him. Know. I thought, oh, she, God has cursed me because of the way I have felt. But so, I mean, but yeah. that means so basically, y'all y'all were married for seven years before you had me. So mm-hmm. it was a, it was I a mean, surprise. estranged relationship. I was a surprise. You were a surprise. Whoop de doo. It was not planned. <laughs> um, but anyway, we weren't doing anything to prevent it necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, it was just the Lord's timing. So well. You're awesome. a, you're a gift from God. Thanks. You're so welcome. I feel like it. <laughs> well, you should. Everybody wow. should realize they're a gift from God. Children are a heritage mm-hmm. from the Lord. And uh, so uh, everybody assumed that I would want a son. And I was perfectly fine with a daughter. <laughs> and in fact, I would tell people, no, it doesn't really matter. And if anything, I might prefer a daughter. So now we had a name picked out, and you were supposed to be a Gabriel if you had to become Jonathan, Jonathan Gabriel. Gabriel, and we were going to call you Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. So whether you were going to be our little angel or our little Kiff, I don't know. Kiff didn't come along until much later, but, but she followed in your footsteps with sports. We do. We love classic names. I feel like that you so. got the best of both worlds with yeah. me. Well, and then you got, and then you got Becca later. That was way more of a. Prima Donna. Prima Donna. I was definitely. I didn't know if you were going to say that. princess or what you were going to say. Right. Um, She's girly girl. a girly girl. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, so so you so you both have been parents in some way for a long time, and now you have this nice empty nest that we talk about sometimes, and uh, you've actually how long has it been an empty nest for you? <laughs> Well, let's see. You told us you've been gone. I didn't realize it'd been that long. You've been gone for three years, maybe. I think maybe three years. It's longer than that. No, I I moved to Greensboro at like twenty. Yeah, but you came back. But I was right. I was counting you coming back. But you've been totally gone for about three years, right? And how long has Becca been married? So four years. Four. Yeah. So the emptiness has really been here only for about four. And y'all been living it up. Y'all taking well, y'all know. taking cruises around the world, Alaskan cruises, and we're we're ready traveling. for post COVID travel to begin too. <laughs> so far, right. we don't have another cruise planned, but uh, if the Lord wills and cruise ships let us on without a vaccine, here we come. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. <laughs> Still trying to travel myself. Yeah. Well, I would love to, I, I want to ask y'all about some of the, the things that you've learned that have uh, benefited you the most, specifically since you've been married, but also as individuals and also things that have been a struggle and that have been obstacles. So you can start with whichever one you want. I know that right now, if I could like, I mean, I could, I know you pretty well. I mean, you're my parents. So I could probably say that the biggest struggles that I feel like that my mom has would be the, just the stress of being a caretaker for your mom mm -hmm. that is 90, almost 91. What about February? Yeah. Right. A little less than two months away from turning 91, uh, completely bedridden from a stroke that was a little over a year and about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, so paralyzed on the, on the left side and has been battling Alzheimer's for seven years, seven years. So, uh, has round the clock care and mom is the power of attorney and has, has a lot of just stress that goes along with that, but also they would not have it any other way of, they don't want to put her in, in some type of home. So I know that's a, that's a stressor and a struggle at times and can be, can be draining. Um, and you can talk a little bit about that, or you can say what you're like, what you're learning from that. Like, what is God teaching you in those like struggles that is just really hard at this time in your life? Yeah. Um, well, we actually had a situation. I think this past Friday night, um, and no matter what happens, Mama is always kind and uh, very complimentary of what we do and. Until she tries to smack you. Yeah, yeah. That's, every now <laughs> but that's and then. rare. Like if you do something, if you do something like say something and most to her, she'll kind of slap at you or no. whatever. But but um, we we went to bed. She was talking in her sleep at like um, midnight again at one, and at two she was coughing. And I got up to. Um, and I'm just gonna get really real right here, but. Um, I got up to give her some water, and she said, how did you know that I wanted some water? I said, well, I heard you coughing. And um, so I put the water down, and I was going to turn to go back to bed. And she said, what's this? About the time I walked in the bedroom, and I just I had to go to the bathroom. So I just kept on walking, and I came back in there, and I said, what's what? And she held up this thing called a pure wick. And instead of catheterizing her, uh, it's a wonderful invention and I'll just be real here too. It's like a glorified tampon that when you pee, it goes into that little device and in a tube and into a canister. Well, when she showed me that, I was so tired because she'd already kept me awake talking. And I'm just like, Mama, you know, what have you done? And I was just like, Oh, now I got to take the pillows out from under you and I got to duh. And I was, went on and on. And I was just so irritable with her. And then when it's all done, like 30 minutes later, she's like, Thank you for taking care of me. And then I'm just like, why? And you just make me feel so bad after I just fussed at you and you don't know what you're doing. And I would tell her, but I was, I had that edge in my voice when I was telling her, well, mama, you, you don't know any better. You don't know what you're doing. You have Alzheimer's and, you know, sometimes you just wish you wouldn't say some of the things you say. But, but anyway, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a pleasant person when I'm sleep deprived. I'll be honest about that. So, and the rest of the people on the podcast say, <laughs> Amen. Amen. But she, she's just, she tells us all the time how thankful she is 
that we take care of her. And then Saturday, she was like, well, why don't y'all just put me in a nursing home? And I said, Mama, we're not going to do that. And, she, of course, she doesn't understand the COVID thing, and you could try to explain it. But no matter what you say to her, 10 seconds later or less, she's going to forget what you even were talking about. Hey, so I'm out here going through the COVID thing, and I don't understand it either. So yeah, She hasn't been outside of her apartment in months, right? Yeah, so I can yeah. un- certainly understand why she wouldn't know what's going on. Yeah, but it's, it's a lot of um, emotional and mental stress and things you have to deal with on top of the physical aspects as well of pulling her up in the hospital bed and keeping her turned and a lot of other personal stuff that we just never thought we'd have to do and Catherine has um, thankfully stepped in to help and I know this is not her these are not her giftings but she has had to do some things that no granddaughter wants to do I mean even a daughter mm-hmm. I didn't want to well, do some of these things I've had to do but but you got to realize she can do nothing for herself except for feed herself with her right hand and scratch her yeah. left arm or something like that so it probably I mean I know just from me being there it gives me a a whole like deeper appreciation for people that are in like nursing jobs or you know yes. CNAs that have to do that all the time for you know for people that are in nursing homes and families that, that aren't able to do what you guys are doing so I'm thankful that y'all have done that and I know it's hard and I've even told you like oh you know just <laughs> bite the bullet you know put her nursing home like you know you need you need your sanity but the fact that y'all are still sticking to it is just is very admirable so I appreciate you doing that and I know that it's it's tough but I'm sure that you're learning a lot in that process yeah and, but, and I think how would I want somebody to treat me every time I may speak with an edge in my voice, I'm like, what if that was me mm-hmm. and it was my daughter or my husband? Because I don't think any of my sisters are going to help take care of me. My Two of my sisters are getting 70, 72. They're already that. But, you know, would I want somebody to speak harshly to me? Um, so it really makes you start thinking back, okay, watch how you talk. And you just need to be careful. I mean, it can happen to any of us at any time. It doesn't have to be when you're older. Yeah. Um, and no matter how hard I think it is, I always know that there's somebody, and I'll try to think of somebody who's got it worse than I do. And I think about maybe I could have had a child that was a special needs child or somebody that I knew I was going to have to raise until they died. I mean, that could be like a 40-year, 50-year mm-hmm. situation. And I just think, well, at least that has not happened to me. Um, and so if I, somebody ever does come to your mom when you think that, like, it be awesome to just like send them a text or something and encourage them because yeah. you know I'm sure they're they're the ones that feel like that they probably get overlooked or they're underappreciated a lot so definitely use that as a as a point to encourage and appreciate more right but see good I mean it's it's not a you don't want to be thinking like oh somebody's always got it worse than I do but that is that is the truth that we yes. don't as bad as we have it sometimes like you know we're still blessed even when it's when it's tough but yeah. that was probably the the biggest obstacle that you're overcoming right now and something that you're learning through maybe a difficult season um i would say that i am not involved um directly of course in Gigi ma's care but my role in this is caring for the caregiver and and sometimes i'm failing pretty miserably at that but um I have to, you know, be willing to give up Tammy from our home 
two, sometimes three nights a week, uh, you know, at various times so that she can go. And of course, Gigi just lives 10 minutes away. Uh, but still, I, I don't have my wife here at the house all the time. We have a running joke that, of course, that's not necessarily a bad thing that, you know, uh, Viola's uh, dementia and her sickness may be the best thing that ever happened to our marriage. Um, but uh, because, you know, some time apart it can have its advantages as yeah, well. Yeah, he's as... like, well, what time are you leaving to go to your mom's? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, the problem is that even when she comes in, she's very tired, she's stressed. And so there are times when, when I get the leftovers that Hammy has to offer, and I understand that because her role right now and has been for a long time as being one of the primary caregivers for her mom. It's just been a real um, tough transition. It's been a long season. It's it's going on seven years now that uh -huh. they've been involved in this. And of course, you know, not all of it is as intense and sometimes as labor uh, intensive as it is right now. But um, we've been through other seasons. Of course, in a marriage of 36 years, you know, we've been through several dry seasons. Uh, we didn't talk earlier, but we kind of skipped over the part, maybe coming back to it about losing Josh, you know, your brother. And uh, that was uh, something that obviously uh, continues to affect us 12 years later. But uh, for several years in our life, it certainly disrupted our marriage and we had to deal with grief and, and uh, just a changing uh, way that we communicate with each other and, and uh, physically, emotionally. Uh, spiritually, it was just a, a devastating thing. So this is another season of our life. You look for God's grace, and of course, you don't have to look very far. That He is, uh, His grace is sufficient, and there's a reason why Viola is still with us at almost 91 years old. We look at her quality of life, and we don't think there is any, and yet she's got this glint in her eye. And she'll sing a song for you at the drop of a hat, and she'll laugh and and joke with you. And, uh, you know, her sense of humor might have an edge to it, uh, but uh, you have to kind of take the take all of that with, with the good with the bad. And But uh, God's been so faithful to us. So yep. getting helping Tammy to get through this season, and I try to arrange to get her out of town as often as possible. It's been tough this past year with COVID. Uh, that's one of the reasons that we we love to travel love to get out of the house, uh, need to breaks from the stress, even if it's just like a road trip to Mount Airy, which we did a couple of days ago. Uh, but getting out to, of town to go into Hilton Head, one of our favorite places, or, you know, we, we've got plans hopefully this year to get out to Colorado to see some friends. And so we hope that we can get back to some more regular traveling, even if it's just a few days at a time. Me too. <laughs> So I, I hesitate to ask this because y'all are my parents, but what has been the uh, most like unexpected blessing or like, you know, a way that, that your, your communication, your marriage, your just fiery love for each other has enhanced even like with the things that could be considered difficult or struggles? Like have there been like ways that you've been able to communicate more creatively or like how can you help people that may be struggling like in relationships or with stress or not knowing how to like help with somebody that is going through something that the other one can't relate to and like you said you know you want to care for the caregiver so how could you encourage somebody that may be going through rocky patches like that wow you might regret getting into this <laughs> I may. 
I don't know. Um, I said there had been dry seasons in our marriage, and there have been times that, um, uh, you know, we, we're by no means the type of people that would uh, parade ourselves up in front of a crowd and hold a marriage seminar or portray ourselves as like the role models to follow. Uh, I admire God has gifted and granted people that kind of platform, and we've been to marriage conferences. In fact, we've been to several marriage conferences over the years, and uh, and we've been to some counseling a couple of times. And you know, we're not uh, ashamed to admit that. I think that everybody needs that. I, I, I'm a big believer in premarital counseling, and maybe if we had done more of that, then we would have had a, a better idea of maybe some pitfalls to avoid and some different ways to communicate better. But there have been seasons of our life, as there are in any marriage, where you're going to hit dry patches, you're going to hit it in your relationship and uh, how you communicate, you're going to hit it in, um, uh, in your intimacy and in your physical relationship with each other. And, uh, and I can tell you that after 36 years of marriage and both of us just hitting 59 years old, that the physical intimacy uh, is better than it's ever been. And uh, God has been so good to restore that and, uh, and to take us even beyond where we've been in the past. And we have been in, uh, of course, uh, services where uh, uh, pastors and, and preachers and bishops and, and all these folks have spoken over our life over the years and have told us that God's going to restore joy and peace mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and uh, those things that uh, have been missing from time to time. Mm-hmm. And God's been so gracious to do that. And we're very so. different, and that's, that's we're extremely so, different. Think we are so different. That's what's so miraculous about all this. But I'm from Mars. Um, oh my goodness, she's <laughs> from Venus. Sometimes or some other planet. Each other, but <laughs> seriously. Well, um, yeah, because I was going to ask you. So I know that, like, so after losing Josh, how many years was it five. where it was like five years five. of like yes. grief and yes. just. Like where yeah. you didn't, you didn't want to. No sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't even like that, it but it was like I mean, it, it was, was no, it was no happiness, like no, no joy. No. Um, just I mean, I remember that. Like I remember that, like in the home, like it just, it wasn't like terrible, but I just felt like it just felt cold. Yeah, I tried and, and to get dry. up. Really, for you and Becca, I tried to get up and pretend like everything was okay, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. You know, but I just, yeah. I mean, I could have laid in the bed. I really could have laid in the bed and just stayed there and just not done anything. But I, when you have children, you pretty much, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I forced myself to get up. But but I remember God literally, I mean, it was really like today I was here in this pit. And the next day it was just like, he's like, okay, enough is enough. And he literally mm-hmm. snatched me out of that pit and just like, you know, you can't get out. I'm taking you out of it. Mm-hmm. And it was a game changer for our marriage. And um, like, did you tell Dad that that happened, or did he just notice it? Like, <laughs> I, think he he just, just, I don't think she no- had to tell me. No. no, he just noticed it at first. Because I mean, like, I, I mean, of course, I noticed like the next day. But then it was like the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And but it was it was just not a good time because somebody had told me. After Josh died, or I read it, that 18 months is about the average time that you grieve over somebody. So that's what I had in my mind. And then when 18 mm-hmm. months came and gone, I was in denial for the first year. Because I would pretend yeah. in my mind it didn't yeah. happen just so that I could just try to pretend like, well, he's somewhere and he's coming back. And I just, because I didn't want to mm-hmm. accept it. So I was I was behind. 
I was not moving on. And I did read a wonderful book. I think it was um, Through a Season of Grief, and I would recommend that book. Uh, I bought it through CBD, Christian Book Distribution. But um, but anyway, so you know, the second year, third year, I was like, I'm, I'm not doing well. You know, it was just, it's, it's a horrible heart sick or what do you call it? Heartache is mm-hmm. you will not even know what it means until you have lost somebody that is so close to you, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, you can take a pill. You can take a pill for a headache or, <laughs> you know, Tylenol will do wonders or ibuprofen. But you, I mean, the only way you're going to really do something to get rid of that heartache is drink or drugs or something. And I, I, I didn't take anything. Mm-hmm. Never took the first pill. I didn't go to the doctor and say, hey, I need an antidepressant. I, mm-hmm. I allowed God to get me through it. And it was it was not an easy walk at all, but I know he was there with me. Mm-hmm. No doubt in my mind, he was there with me. But you know what, That's Catherine? Right. I've said this many times in ministry over the years, that we either believe Romans eight twenty eight or we don't. Mm-hmm. That God is, is faithful and that every situation that comes into our life he will redeem that, and it will be ultimately for His glory and for our good because we love Him and we're called according to His purpose. And uh, you asked earlier if we had some maybe um, words to help somebody else, and I can tell you that everybody's going to go through situations. Hopefully they won't lose a child. Um, but everybody's going to have hardships, and they're going to have ups and downs. They're going to have a health report, or they're going to lose a job, or or there's going to be a, a devastating uh, something, something that happens in their life that's going to rock their world and rock their marriage. Um, but every situation, God has been so faithful to give us opportunities on the other side of that, not only to bless us and to restore our love and our joy and our peace in our home, but God has used that so that, as Paul says, that we can comfort others with the comfort that we've received. And so he yep. has opened doors for us to minister to other people that have lost family members. Uh, we've been able to, to walk alongside of folks who have lost children, which, again, you don't want anybody to go through that, but it happens. Uh, when we've had such dry seasons in our marriage, we have had uh, opportunities to pour into other people and to encourage them when they were walking through those similar times. And so God has been so good uh, to give us opportunities, and you just have to look for those things and make it a matter of intentionality that you are asking God to show you, uh, you know, hey, this, this mess that you've got us in, in right now, uh, what am I supposed to be learning from this? What can I share with others when I'm coming out of this thing, when I'm on the other side of this problem? Because you know what? This too shall pass. Whatever we're going through right now, whether it's uh, we're on the mountaintop or we're in the valley, there's another valley on the other side of the mountaintop. And there's another mountaintop on the other side of the valley. So whichever one we're going into, uh, or whichever one we're coming out of, they're, they're, you're going into something that's just that way. It's a cyclical thing. Mm-hmm. And so God will always give us opportunities if we look for them. We just have to ask him and, and apply the teaching and apply the learning. Soak it up. Don't waste the valley. Mm-hmm. Don't waste the, the seasons of of rain and flooding and problems in your life because that's where the, your true um, message comes from. That's where the testimony of God's grace and God's goodness and God's um, mercy will come from. And you can, he will use that uh, through, he'll use you to minister to others if you just let him do that. 
people of it. So what is something that you guys have learned in in this last year that maybe maybe you didn't hear it from like a church sermon or you know it wasn't like something in scripture but it was just like something that that you saw in life and that like you just learned like wow so this is like this is what it means maybe it was something that you learned like years ago or that you heard but you didn't actually see it happening like is there is there something that I mean, the year 2020 <laughs> had the potential to teach us a lot, but it was really, like you said, like, I mean, it's our perspective and how we apply actually what we've kind of, you know, put inside of us, like seeds that have been planted in us, like how are we applying them, how are we allowing them to, to bear fruit? So what's been like a... I'll start. I, I yeah. don't mind telling you that it's still pretty fresh on my mind that uh, uh, I had a pretty nasty bout with COVID myself. Uh kept me down for pretty much the whole month of October. Mm -hmm. So it's just been like three months ago. And um, I've always been blessed with good health. Uh, I, I rarely go to the doctor. My doctor has seen me a couple of times in the last 10 years. Um, don't take any prescription medications. Um, but boy, this thing knocked me flat on my backside. And uh, I've had you know flu two or three times in my life, but I knew this was far worse than that. It was different. And uh, I probably wasn't respecting uh, the seriousness of the virus before then. I mean, you know, I was taking sensible precautions, but I thought it was a lot of media hype. And I still believe a lot of it is media hype, of course. Uh, but I know that there's a serious virus. Uh, and uh, we've lost friends uh, that I believe, even though they may have had other conditions, uh, but I believe that it was the virus that pretty much uh, was the responsible thing for taking them out. And I felt like I should have been in the hospital. And so it has really uh, made me think about folks who not only have gone through COVID, um, but any serious illness. And I've been doing insurance work primarily with Medicare uh, clients for 28 years. So I have a lot of clients that are in their 60s and 70s and 80s and even 90s. And so Tammy's mother, who's almost 91, has been a client of mine for years. And so I've got some clients that have been through some really serious stuff. And, uh, and I lose a lot of clients because... You know, where are you going to go after Medicare age? You're going to go to heaven. You know, eventually you, you're not going to get out of this life uh, unless the Lord comes, uh, you know, without, uh, without going by the way of the grave. So it has taught me an awful lot of empathy and compassion for people when I got to a point where I was so sick that I wasn't sure if I was going to be here much longer. And, and I don't say that lightly because I really thought I should have been in the hospital. I, I ended up not going to the hospital. They sent me home and uh, didn't have pneumonia or complicating conditions with it. But, um, but I've learned an awful lot of empathy and compassion for people that deal with illness. And, uh, and God's been so good and, and faithful, I think, to teach me some of those things. So it's made me a better insurance agent, uh, made me a better man. Uh, I think it's made me a more compassionate uh, Christian and a believer. Uh, so I thank the Lord for that. Awesome. What about you, Ma? Hmm. It, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, I guess just simply, um, since I think this has been the, the worst year that I've had concerning taking care of my mom, and then now I've got a two-year-old granddaughter, and Rebecca does, I don't usually call her Rebecca, I don't know why I did. <laughs> I Rebecca, literally just thought, who is Rebecca? No, Rebecca. <laughs> 
she, yeah, she, I mean, this is Back, okay, daughter number child, two. So she relies on me. Dad's favorite. To help. No. No. Not really. To, um, to help, you know, keep her. And, of course, I love spending time with her. She, she's, a, she's a joy. But the sad part is, is I'm exhausted most of the time. Even when I come home on Saturday evenings, um, it takes me a couple of days before mm-hmm. I can even feel like myself again. So, um, but in all that, I just, I mean, I have, I've, I've cried out to God. I'm like, God, why? You know, why, why am I having to go through this? I'm so tired. I, I can tell my health is going downhill, minor things. But to me, it's, it's, it's big because this eczema has, um, been bad this past year and I've never had it. So it's just the stress, the emotional stress has brought it on because I've read about it. Um, my hair thinning and I can just tell that I'm aging more. Uh, I don't have the joy that I used to. I'm just, I'm just tired. All I want to do is sleep sometimes. So I think part of that could be depression, um, you know, from all this, but I think a lot of it's just exhaustion. But, you know, in the end, I've talked to a pastor friend of mine and he's a friend of ours, John, and he's not doing well right now. Um, but he said, Tammy, you know, there's a reason for this. And, and I know you, you don't know what it is, but, but you know, he, he could take your mom at any time, but there's, there's a learning, there's something to learn. It may not be for you. It may be for somebody else and you just got to hang on and, um, and just God will give you the strength. And that's what I find out week after week. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this again. I mean, seriously, every week I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I can go through this again. And you know, cause you just, you just want the, I, I, this is not a good analogy in a way, but somebody who's depressed and is contemplating suicide, if they could just really know that there's going to be a change in the next day or the next week, and it's going to be better. It's really going to be better. And that's what I have to hold on to. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. You know, it may not be okay right now, but it's going to be better one day, next week, next month, you know, whatever. Um, and we just have to, and, and I've had to ask God, give me joy going in there. You know, it's it's not something that I look forward to. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, somebody might say she's she's something else, but no, it's it's hard work and it's it's mentally, emotionally draining watching your mom uh, go downhill, knowing you can't talk to her and carry on a a normal conversation where she can stay engaged with you. She's already tuning out doesn't even know what she just said and so it's it's hard but um but I can see that God does give me strength and he has given me joy because like I said mm-hmm. some days I, I'm just I'm like I want to go home I want to go home so bad yeah and I'm like just help me God just give me joy let me see something here that you know will lift my spirit and and I, I guess I look at it like I'm, I'm her link to whatever she has. It's up to me to give her whatever she needs that day. That's so good. So, you know, That's make beautiful. sure that there's... We have, to, we have to see beyond the current trial, the current circumstance, whatever it is that's facing us. Uh, even Jesus, uh, the Bible says in Hebrews, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. If he didn't have that joy set before him, I mean, he, he had... He prayed that, you know, Father, if it be your will, just take this mm-hmm. cup away from me. Uh, but not my will, but your will be done. And if we don't 
if we can't see the joy that's on the other side of this trial, if you, we don't, if we don't have hope, if you lose hope, I mean, what else do you have? And so, nothing. If if I, I believe that Tammy sees and she knows, there's going to be a day, and it's going to be one day soon. We don't know when it's going to be. That her mom is going to be with the Lord. She's going to be, uh, you know, and it could be that she meets the Lord first. We don't know that, uh, but uh, that eventually one day her mom is going to be out of pain, is going to have everything in good working order. She's going to be in the presence of the Lord. Uh, we're going to be on the other side of this caregiving trial and this stressful time. Yeah, there's going to be other stresses and other trials to come, but it won't be this one. Uh, but we will have learned lessons from this that will help us to get through the next one and that we'll be able to share with others as well. But there's got to be hope set in front of us. There's got to be joy set in front of us. And we have to intentionally look for that and keep that in our mind. Otherwise, you're just going to get depressed and stay yeah. depressed and feel like you want to go in that cave and just pull the sheets up over your head. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue for my last two questions. And these are these are just these aren't going to be like long paragraph answers. They might just be like one word or one sentence. So, the last two questions I was going to end with is what do you do? Like what do you intentionally seek out that brings you joy? Like what is just simply fun to you that if you have just a day that you can do whatever you want and it just sounds like the best possible thing. It sounds so fun. Like, what would that be? And the second one, so that whoever's answering the first one, you can think about the other one, is what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever received that either you are taking to heart and it's keeping you going or it's something that you feel like, I probably should take this to heart a little more. <laughs> so, those two questions. Who wants to answer one of them first? Well. Something I love to do. Uh, I used to love to garden, but I can't. I haven't been able to do that in a long time. But I love plants and I love flowers, and I will tinker with them and I'll go out and deadhead them. And if I see something's so dead, I pull, <laughs> I pull the dead off. I mean, it's weird. But yeah, I didn't get that gene but, either. No, I did not. But you know, like I, she out just, there digging in the dirt and she's enjoying it. <laughs> I do. Now it's hard to get down nowadays, you know, but with my knee and my back. But, but I, I just that brings me joy. I love my plants and my flowers. And I have just recently um, found some YouTube videos that um, are about a simpler life. And one of them is the Cottage Fairy. And, um, and I'm watching these people and it's all about simplicity. And Love it. I, can't, I can't be there right now, but I, that's what I, I, I think, well, maybe one day I'll get to. Um, but... You know, like the cottage fairy, she's single, no children, you know, whatever. Oh, is this so, like a legit person? Yes. Oh, yes. That's not her name. No. But that is the name it's, of her it's, YouTube it's, channel yes. or whatever. And, and I, I thought this was just like her. music. Like no, sometimes you just put on some no. kind of like cottage fairy oh, music. No. She's I'm, a I'm, young lady in her 20s. You would enjoy watching oh, I'm, her. I'm wow. i a plug for her. And then it's, it's, it's two or three more that I've stumbled on. But, and I'm just, you know, trying to find the, the ways. I, I'll, I'll look for ways like, Oh, I've got to do this. I got to do this. But I'm like, no. You just need to, to rest. That's been the hardest thing for me. Mm. And you know how anal I have been around about my house, <laughs> and I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I'm like, if the steps, well, the carpet's dirty on the steps, and and the floors are not been mopped in two months, I don't care. Um, I've just had to let a lot go because I will okay. just work myself silly, keeping everything 
clean like I used to. I just don't have the energy to do that anymore. Yeah. So I'm trying to just relax and I love it. Enjoy that's stuff fun. Like that. Enjoy the simple things. And I'm too ones. old to do too much fun stuff. <laughs> I'm like, let's go skydiving. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Do you want to answer that question? and then? And what was kind of the other question? Because I was leaning more maybe. Yeah. Just what's, what's like the best advice you've ever received that either you are taking to heart and it's it's shaping your life or, okay, that, well, yeah, or I, maybe you probably think like, oh, I should probably well, that just, that apply just this a little more. Let, let, me, let me give you a... a quick answer to both uh, and she mentioned you know just simple things like YouTube videos but that's on the cottage ferry where they're kind of simple lifestyle that kind of thing but we both love music and we have a musical family we have it instilled in you and Becca obviously if anybody knows Catherine and Becca you know they have yeah. giftings in music and they are just musical people and so we have surrounded them with music and <laughs> maybe not this the kind that they're necessarily listening to now but they've opened us up to some different genres of music. and uh, But we Swim. just, Johnny Swim, Johnny I was getting Swim. ready to say Swim. that. We have fallen in love with Johnny Swim and their YouTube channel is incredible. And talk about a couple whose love and relationship for each other just emanates, not only through their music, but just through the way that they interact. They are so down to earth. And they're 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 so funny with each other, and um, and we love that. And then they got little kids running around, and and uh, so it's a, they're at a great season of life, and we we remember some of those uh, days, but uh, we're at a different stage. And I would say so, just listening to music, and we try to fill our house with music all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, worship music, it's probably not southern gospel anymore like it used to be, uh, but uh, a lot of contemporary worship. I mean, I I was listening to some Irish lullabies right before you came in this mm-hmm. evening. So, I mean, we love all different styles of music. Really trying to, no, I haven't really, not trying to get into rap. So, yeah. gave that a shot. Just didn't <laughs> work for me. But uh, Toby Mac, hey, that, that's a little yeah. rap, right? Yeah. But anyway, we, we have lots of different types of music. And probably some of the best advice, uh, and this was given to me in a non-spiritual context, but it's true in every area of life, is that... Uh, yeah, we, we are eternal creatures, and, and we're here living in this house of flesh for a little while, and we're on earth, but you know, don't take yourself so seriously. Uh, there's a, it's, it's a serious business. This is, you know, we get one shot at life, you know, YOLO and all that stuff, but um, you, we can get so wrapped up and so in our self-importance and think that what's in front of us today is the most important thing in the world, and really, you know, in the in the the whole scenario of time and eternity, it really doesn't matter a whole lot what's right in front of you right now. It's, it's your, your character and your life is built moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. Uh, so everything is important, but you can enjoy life, relax. You know, don't feel like you've gotta be uh, holier than thou and don't feel like you gotta be, uh, you know, I believe God wants us to be very, uh, genuine in who we are you know it's it's about being yeah in christ not about doing in christ so there's not a list of things to do it's just who we are it comes natural when christ is in us yeah i'm just kind of piggyback on that because he that's how different we are he's always about 
relax, just chill. And I'm like, well, I would if I didn't have this to do and if you'd help me and blah, blah, blah. You know, She's always like got to come back. literally but, what you just said that you're like, yeah, everything I'm, I'm, to do right now is just to like and, and I'm be learning. still and relax. So, so I'm finally learning You're balancing to relax. each other out. Yes, Look, I'm yes. finally taking that advice he's been giving me for 20 years. So is that so? Is that the advice? Is what? Well, he, he was probably told, and then he just um said yeah it? maybe. I would well, have never thought she would have used well, I, anything. I, I would never either. You know those cards you gave us for Christmas? We opened them up. And, Talk about and, them. And we were talking about <laughs> it at dinner. He the one me, time we've opened them up. Yeah, well, but, well, but he was asking me questions and, once too. So you just you gotta try to just. Everything else out we won't talk about the first time that you opened it. Oh, this. no, we will not. Oh, well, I don't think I've heard that story. Yes, you have. Yeah, you okay. the one who had to clarify. We're all in the group family oh, text okay. chat thing where she literally oh, yeah. was like, Take three. I, was, I mean, I'm going to have to say it now. No. I'm going to have to. I don't know who I gave, I gave them these cards it, for Christmas, and they're like meaningful questions or whatever. So anyway, she texts us in the in the family group chat and says that I picked them up on my way to the bathroom. She picked them on the way to her bathroom for the third time <laughs> and that I, morning. And I was and asking, the what's these first, cards about? Yeah, and she didn't know what these cards were. She's like, well, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be sitting on the can, might as well look at them. And the first one she picked out said, "Take three deep breaths." <laughs> I'm like, right here, right now? Yep. And I texted my family about it, and they, they didn't get it. It didn't they translate didn't. on the text. Oh, no. just, Man. The humor like, was lost. I mean, they're, I laughed out loud. Meaningful. Literally. Oh, I'm sure you did. I was like, <laughs> my goodness. Can't probably thought, what is she doing? Yeah. I know. that. We could, if we if we got real, just real open on this podcast, we could talk about a whole lot more than poop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but we well. won't. We'll save that for another episode. Oh, well. But thank you, Mama and Pops. Always leave them wanting more. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> are y'all wanting more? Oh. I don't know. This is this is church talks in the church house with the church fam. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Peace out. Thanks for listening to church talks. <laughs>